Hello, everyone. This is the Fearless Net Printer again. And I'm right here with one of the legends in the industry. Believe it or not, guys, that man you are seeing on the screen is Sam Baker. I know you know the name. You may not know the face, but that is the face behind the legend. So today we are going to be having an awesome time, uh, just like we did with Todd Gross and some of the other powerhouses. Uh, this is probably the biggest name we are getting to date in terms of production. So you guys want to pay attention. You want to do it the way we do it in the Fearless Net Premium, our society. Make your notes, do your research, and take massive action, okay? And when we do it, uh, some may not be used to it. We don't even let the uh, guest introduce himself and tell us about himself. You know what you do, guys? You got to Google that name. You got to get it good, the bad, and the ugly for yourself. As far as it's concerned, it's very well there. You, you go to sambaker.com. You get a lot of information about him. I always consider it rude, asking a guest to be introducing himself. If it's a big name, it doesn't need introduction, okay? Wow. <laughs> you as big as they come. Yeah. All right, guys, the, as an intro, you guys know that Sam Baker is one of those uh, people uh, that you can resonate with because he started just like you. At the age of 15, he started doing um, newsstand errands, selling stuff in school. And from what I could gather about him, he made his first $100,000 before he was 17, probably at the age of 16. So yeah. he did not have to uh, uh, to slave for 30 years before making it, all right? And he, he, as we go to the questions now, I want you guys to know the Baker rules, the way I, I call it the Baker rules. I don't even know if that's what he called it. What I could gather about it, three rules, guys, three rules. Number one, there are only two ways to make money online. You are either selling or you are buying. Everything else is irrelevant. Number two, in other words, Never buy a product unless it's helping you to create a product or to sell a service. Baker rule number one. Baker rule number two. Action is more important than training. Okay, yeah, training is good, but you can't spend all your life like I did. For two years, training, 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 you got to take action. Baker rule number three. If you can catch a trend, you can get ahead and position yourself at the edge of the market. I take those rules serious, Sam. I don't know if you know it, but those are my guiding rules. Now, welcome to the Fellas Net Premier Show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Let's get to it, uh, Sam. Uh, tell me about the JVZU Academy. I just want to start with that because that really caught my imagination. And that is why we made you the marketer of the month, by the way, not only because oh, of all your big sales, because that was momentous for the industry. I think it's a game changer. Tell us about it. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so uh, you mentioned that I started when I was really young. I was um, around school selling, uh, I was actually selling Coke and chocolate bars um, to, to everyone. I had a massive bag on my backpack and I started recruiting sellers at that young age. And then um, then uh, the school actually shut me down <laughs> and I went on to selling digital products. I, I learned that the cafeteria had a contract in place and that was my first uh, little legal battle <laughs> with the school. Um, I, I created uh, Davies Academy because, um, you know, I did have some success early on online, um, but it all kind of fell apart. And uh, I was um, making good money online. I'd started and I was selling my own products and I had a few bad business deals. Uh, and I actually went completely through the floor to the stage where I was at about a hundred grand in debt um, going into 2013. Wow. <laughs> September 2013, I remember it really well because um, I was... Uh, basically, I was in a position where um, I, it was kind of embarrassing, really. Uh, my uh, mum was actually sitting me down, <laughs> and um, she was talking to me, and I was saying, you know, uh, things are things aren't good. Um, and she was trying to say, like, you know, um, maybe you should get a job, <laughs> and saying those words that, you know, once you've stopped working in a job, once you've actually had some success, it's very difficult to to go back um, to that. So that's when I really got into JVZoo marketing and I, I, I went and I connected with... No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Sam. Hold on a second. Yeah. Are you telling me you got back seriously into, into JVZoo marketing or JVZoo in 2013? Are yeah, you kidding yeah, me? The first time that I found out. I didn't know about JV. I mean, I, I did know about JVZoo beforehand, but I'd never launched anything on it. I didn't know um, much get about it. Get out of here. Two years. Yeah. It Two was years. Uh, 2013, so um, it's now 2017, so it was about yeah, four years. Four years, four years. So, you know, let me tell you why I, got, uh, why I asked that question. Is, uh, just in under four years, 
when uh, you promoted, and thank you so much for the Mobimatic push, you, you really uh, yeah. took the game to a whole new level for me. I appreciate that. But yeah. believe me, when I saw your application to promote the product, I was about to just fall off my chair because number one, I've never seen, you're going to tell us in a minute, I've, I've never seen people make that many sales. I've, I got lots of big affiliates. But when I saw the number of sales against your name, I'm like, no, this cannot be true. A human being, one person, I sold this many. So it was really, really, really a... a so tell us, how many products do you think you've sold, both as a um, seller and as an affiliate? Yeah, as an affiliate, I've sold over, I think, 115,000 now. Um, 115,000 sales. And Units. Like, what's the figure? That's, uh, that's the unit. So it's probably about 2.4 million, I think, that I've done as an affiliate wow. in commissions. So that's revenue is probably up around 5 million now. Um, in four it? years. Yeah. That's since, um, since that all happened, it didn't, I didn't, ha- it didn't happen immediately. Uh, yeah. I, um, you know, to 2013, I needed to get myself out of debt. I was very motivated. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I can't imagine yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. The, the biggest thing actually was, um, that uh, you mentioned Todd Gross earlier yes. on, and he was one of the people that I, I managed to connect with early on when I was going into JB Zoo. I'd, known of Todd in the past and, and we got together and um, I created a product. I launched on JV Zoo and he was one of the ones that um, sort of promoted early on and um, that really, really did a lot. So I created a product um, really quickly <laughs> and I actually went ahead and, and launched it. And then um, that's what really kickstarted things for me. Um, being able to connect with certain people over JB. So everyone was really cool. Everyone wanted to help. I, you know, Han Fan, I don't know if you've had him on the show. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I've not he, had um, him yet, but he's coming. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, um, he was giving me a hard time about, I remember my first sales page talking to him. He did, did an interview with me. He didn't know, you know, I, I didn't know who he was at the time. I just knew he'd done a lot. And then he's giving me a hard time. He's saying, oh, you know, your video's in the wrong place. Your buttons are all wrong. Change this, change that. And, telling me off for it. <laughs> it was, wow. you know, I was very, uh, you know, I, I was completely at that stage. I, I'd not been doing it for so long. I was finding this stuff all out and really, um, you know, try, trying a few things and, uh, you know, a couple of things worked really well for me and affiliate marketing was one of those things. You know, I, I had this belief that in order to get my subscribers to buy, all I needed to do was to get them to click on links in my emails and then suddenly I would sell um, you know, a lot of products and all I needed to do was build a bigger list. And what I found is I, I discovered after a couple of weeks of trying that with these new people that had come into my subscriber list that suddenly everyone was getting turned off and my subscribers, they weren't buying. <laughs> they weren't, you know, and I was like, oh, well, maybe I need to rethink this. And that's when I started, you know, looking at what some, some of the, the um, really... come back to that. I know we, that's the sure. meat of the interview. We're coming back to that. All right. What I want to answer your question, though, the yes, reason no. that I created the yeah. Academy was um, because getting into the marketplace for me, it was early on, it was, um, it, you know, it was a process. There were several mistakes that I made, but one of the things that I always wanted to do is I really wanted to give back to people that were in difficult, you know, maybe in, in a difficult situation themselves or trying to get in but didn't have the answers. For me, the community in JV Zoo was very generous in what they shared to me. And I really wanted to package up a product that would allow anyone, um, whether you have the connections or whether you, you know, are struggling to, to get started with JV Zoo, have a roadmap to being able to succeed in doing these things, hopefully eliminating many of the mistakes that I had to go through in order to learn the information. And that's the reason that I, I created it. Yes, it's a, it's a monster hit. Uh, I'm hoping to actually buy one for myself. I didn't get a, a, a preview copy, but I'll buy one because I've been hearing great things about it. And I think it was very classy of you uh, to get that out there and very uh, unselfish of you uh, because you could have said you're not going to do it. You really don't need the money that much to, to spend that much energy on it. So guys, if you are hearing this, you want to check out JV Zoo Academy. That is where all the secrets have been revealed by this man in one of the most historic uh, uh, products uh, on the zoo. So you need a little training. I know action is better than training according to Baker rule number three, but you need a little training too, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell us, how did you get into software marketing i uh, you know tell us the story behind the story because sure I- so um uh, software marketing was 
Uh, I, I created maybe a couple of information products when I was first getting started on JVZoo. Um, one of them was with a friend of mine, and it was a video marketing product. And then after that, after having some success with that, it was quite clear that software was what was working and probably still is working the best today over JVZoo. Um, software, it automates a, you know, uh, something for someone. Uh, it might solve a problem, uh, allow someone to do something a lot easier in the marketplace. Um, you know, so for me, my first product was actually, a, it was a lead generation software that I had created. And what it would do is it would basically find, uh, you know, different, uh, it, would, it would go and use the Google API as well as the, you know, uh, a couple of other things. And what it would do is it would basically go out and it would search for um, all of these different businesses and it would get their information and compile it into one place. So someone who's looking to sell local services, for example, could filter through these different results and find, you know, people that don't have Facebook pages or people that do have Facebook pages, oh, yes, I remember. their emails, all of that. So the, there's plenty of these softwares that have come out. That was really the first one that I did. And that was, that was when things really started to take off for me when I, when I did launch a software. Um, I think the software itself made me about $30,000 profit. Wow. It helped me pay off a significant amount of debt. And I hadn't invested too much to get it created, um, which was really good. So then, uh, you know, after that, people started approaching me and saying, well, um, you know, uh, here's a software that I've created. Could you help me launch it? Because that other software that I launched was a, was a good success. Okay. Um, and many of the softwares that I've launched over JVZoo, uh, I haven't created myself um, or, you know, I've been involved with, I've helped with, but many of the times they've been with partners or someone else that is on the development side of things. Uh, All right. Software, but, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I wanted to just, uh, keep, because I got lots of questions here. I want to make sure we cover as much of it, but you've touched on one that comes down and uh, much later in the, interview, but I'll rather take now, which is the, so uh, if um, I wanted to uh, give us like a kind of maybe uh, four or five scenarios or ways a new person who is not a software engineer, he doesn't know anything about software, but wants to go into the software uh, launching business, uh, what are the kind of options that are available for them? Sure. So, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're not into the software business, you don't know anything about software, but you want to get started creating some, the best thing to do is probably to go to Upwork and set a budget of how much you're willing to spend in order to create software. It does cost some money, especially if you get a developer to do it. So I'd set a budget of what you'd want to spend on that software, find something that's really quite basic to do first, but solves a really simple problem that people are experiencing. Then solve one, just one simple problem that people are experiencing um, and you can solve that with a software. That's something that can be sold and is quite attractive, but it also doesn't cost much money to create. So I'd go to upwork.com and I'd find a developer there who can create it for you and look at the rating systems in Upwork, look at the previous history of this developer, and that, that's what I would recommend. The other thing that I would probably recommend, yes. the other thing that I'd recommend is, uh, you know, I'd recommend learning a little bit about the creation of software itself and upskilling yourself in it because you're going to save yourself a lot of hassles, potential hassles really, the more you know about that topic. So dedicate a few days. You don't need to rush into software development. It'll save you a lot more time if you take a step back and actually have a look at what, what, what the softwares that you could create are. Um, you know, what types of software there are out there? Do you want to create a Facebook software? Do you, and really take some time to learn about what's out there and research your market. Then also from this, the perspective, you know, go to udemy.com, for example. I, I'm, I'm actually going through a course right now and learning how to program myself. Uh, you know, why am I doing that? I've created so many softwares. I've got developers creating so many softwares. Um, I want to do that because I want to get more involved myself and in being able to see what my developers are actually creating. And I'm still upskilling in those areas for those reasons that I want now I want to be able to um, pay more attention myself uh, into things and, and be able, be capable myself so I can actually, you know, see what my developers are actually doing. I've done all of this without knowing any code or anything like that. So I'm trying to change that now because uh, I can see that there's areas of my business within the development that I could um, improve and I can only really improve or know what can be improved without you know upskilling so the more skills you can develop in that area the better no um, I agree with you uh, just to chip in a bit there because uh, uh, if you are just a straight up 
um, um, administrator or somebody putting together the software, you leave yourself at a big risk. Because with Mobimatic, I experienced that. And like you too, I've decided to go learn how to do some basic software so that I can have the knowledge. Because yeah. we did very well, but then the software started having problems. I couldn't solve it because I knew nothing about the software and my guys were giving me a hard time. Uh, it took us almost six months to finally fix everything, like 45 bugs. All right, and now we are doing a relaunch in hopefully um, uh, middle of June. But I realized that I lost a lot of goodwill because I, myself, I don't have any knowledge. And they took me for granted. So guys, what he is saying is that if you want to go into software development, the best option first is go to places like upwork.com, contract somebody, and to get you something very basic and simple, uh, solving one problem, not a software that is too robust, uh, that will give you problems. And then number two, it is important for you to learn a little bit about the software business itself, because it will help you. If a Sam Baker, I mean, I'm talking about a guy who has sold over 100,000 units, says it's okay for him to go learn. I mean, you would think that, what would he want to learn again? But yeah. he, understand, he understands that to go to that $20 million a year level, he needs to know a little bit about what he himself is selling. Any other um, uh, options open for them? There's many. Um, you know, the other one is to partner with a developer. And that's something that I did a lot early on because, you know, I, I partnered with many developers and people that develop software because I became really good at the selling side of things. I started looking at what I was writing and getting really good at, you know, um, uh, writing sales copy, uh, creating good emails. And, and that was valuable to people who are creating software because many people that create software, they don't have those skills. So I upskilled myself in those areas. So I became valuable to these people and I was able to then launch software for them. And that's another really good way of doing that. Actually become good at the marketing or approach someone that you know is good with software and ask them, Hey, would you be willing to do a project together? Well, we can actually go ahead and launch this together to the market. And that can often, that can be, you know, many people get started doing that and it's a low cost way of doing it. It usually doesn't cost you anything because your skill is on the marketing side. You don't have to worry about putting anything up front. So it means you can get started in this business relatively cheaply wow. uh, and selling software, which is really good. The one thing you want to watch out in doing that is you want to make sure that you've got some control over, uh, and you know, making sure that the person that you partner with is going to support the software after the launch, because there's no point in launching a software if suddenly it's not supported and you find yourself getting about, uh, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, hate online, people, you know, being angry online. Because you me, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I got that a lot because, yeah. and I can't do anything. I'm always on online with them, but I can't solve their problem. And I get the bad, uh, the bad vibes until we finally fix most of it. All right, that is great. Any other way, uh, we've mentioned three now, um, get a developer to develop one for you, learn a little bit yourself, partner with a developer that's like three or four more out there. Come on, Sam, tell us. Uh, <laughs> you can always create it yourself if you really want to go through that pain. <laughs> yeah, if you like torture. <laughs> what about white labor? What about PLR? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Tell so, us about those. Yeah, sure. So one of the, um, and it's good you brought that up actually. One, uh, and it, you know, I was talking with, and I didn't even know this. Uh, I did interviews for JVZoo Academy where we basically interviewed um, some of the many of the top marketers out there, and Danny and Kimberly um, DeVries. I, I had no idea about this, but they had purchased a white label software of mine, and that white label software was a software that we had basically, and white label basically means that you know you sell the rights for someone else to sell that software. So they had bought a software from me where I was offering white label rights with that software. Okay. And then what they'd done is they'd gone and listed it online. And this was their first, you know, first time they were, they'd ever got into onto any sort of launching or anything like that. I don't think, you know, I'm not sure if they knew entirely what they were doing, but they launched it, right. They, they put it out there and they made $10,000 um, within the space. I believe it was about seven days. Wow. And with one of these softwares, they just purchased the rights to what, did, how much did they pay for it? I think they paid me, Maybe they might have got it really cheap, but I think they got it for $197, which is really like, oh, ridiculous. What, what if I told you that Mobimari <laughs> was a white label? What if I told yeah. you that we did 400000 with Mobimari? Yeah, yeah. And it's white label. So, you right. know, white label. <laughs> Although we worked a lot on it, we got it, and then now upscaled it, did a lot of um, enhancements on the software itself. So, guys, this is the photo in case uh, some of you are missing this back and forth. White label is also a very viable option. All right, you just mentioned 
one of the big names on the zoo, who also got a white label from him <laughs> and launched it out there and made a lot of money. But again, for you to go into that, you must make sure you have a lot of backup support. You must also be able to at least improve it a bit. I also did the same thing with my first launch and we did over $400,000. Guys, I've told you guys about that before. But what I did was I got four guys who knew about development to develop the software beyond what we got from the, uh, 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 in, the, in, the in the white label version. We got permission to improve it and we added about 45 different new things to it to upscale it. But we started from a base code that somebody uh, gave us a private, that one was even a private label. They gave us a private label right and we now more or less made it like, uh, even the owner didn't recognize it. It was like, wow, when he looked into the software. So that's number four. What other way can we do this? Cool. Um, uh, it's not enough. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> All right, um, I'll let it go. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I only, I've, uh, yeah, I create these things. Okay, but, um, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, you could, oh, that's another one. You can buy software. I've, I've bought software uh-huh. off people before. If you've got the money. Sorry, what uh, I was talking about, sorry, yeah. sorry we bought software. We, okay, you can buy software. Okay. Yeah. So we've, um, you know, many of the products we've launched recently actually we've purchased. Um, and there were, the reason we did that is we had some money and we didn't want to spend the time developing it ourselves because it would have, would have taken maybe a long time. And we, if the, if the option's available, you can always buy the stuff cheap. So if you've, got, if you've got people that, if you've seen a software that, um, and this is another tip as well, actually, that, you know, if you're in a position where you've seen a software that's launched that hasn't necessarily done well or hasn't maxed out, uh, you know, maybe it did a launch of like 50 people sold and you're like, wow, the software is amazing. How did it only sell 50 copies? Mm-hmm. That can be an opportunity for you either to partner with that person and launch it to a larger scale. I've done that many times where I actually mm-hmm. intentionally am looking throughout JVZoo to find products that didn't hit their potential. Maybe they did a launch mm-hmm. and it didn't go so well. Maybe that the marketing side was weak. And um, I, I would usually approach those people and I would say, hey, um, uh, let's have a conversation. I really like your software. I'd get to know them. I would see, hey, is this going to be a good fit? And if it was, then I would approach them and I'd say, well, you know, let me help you with launching this and let's do a, some sort of percentage split. I'll go and launch this to the marketplace. Or if I know them and they, you know, they like me uh, and we've got a good relationship and they're comfortable with it, um, I'll often offer them some amount of money to buy the software off them to relaunch myself. And usually the most important thing about that is that the person that, um, you know, you're talking with, they know that you're going to do right by the software. You're not going to suddenly buy it off them and then shelve it. Often these people have put a lot of effort and time into these softwares and it's, and they do solve genuine problems. And it's really important that you keep that in mind. You know, this, this, if you have the money to buy a software or if you are partnering with someone, just have it in mind that this is a software that they've put a lot of time into and to be, um, you know, a bit, a bit caring for that um, and, and making sure that you do do right by the software and you do make sure that, um, you know, they're, they're paid well for it, that it's a good launch. Uh, or if you're partnering that, you know, you do put a lot of work into it equally to the work that they've put into to put it to that stage. So that's another way that, um, that I've used to, to um, generate a significant amount of money um, over JVZoo. Well, you probably will make a lot of money in any way you choose, right? <laughs> you will make money in any way you choose, obviously. All right. Yeah. Now, um, even though you've uh, technically answered this, but I wanted to ask again, do you really need to have any technical knowledge or background to be a software creator or product launcher? Obviously, you've answered that, but maybe you answer it briefly for us again. Yeah, I mean, no, um, I mean, it, it definitely helps, but I've got to the stage with zero knowledge, uh, you know, of, of code. I've never, I mean, now I've successfully coded an HTML page for the first time about a week ago. <laughs> you know, um, okay. you, know no, no, you don't, but it does help. I mean, it, I mean, I, I, I have friends that are developers and it can, it help, can really help. Um, so, you know, if you are a developer yourself, then you've got a little bit of an advantage, but for those that aren't developers, you know, um, as long as you find a good developer that you can trust and there, there are ways of testing your developers and, you know, Martin Crumlish's interview in JVZoo Academy, he goes in depth into, you know, different ways of testing developers, which is really handy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's several ways you can test these developers and make sure they're good. And, and I've done that. I've, I've been very fortunate to find some really good developers um, or people that I can work with. So, yeah, uh, but you don't, yeah, you don't need any knowledge, you All know. Right. 
Okay. <laughs> so, I know you don't need technical and now can you break it down for us like uh the step by uh, what exactly is required? I'm saying like a kind of uh step by step requirements to succeed as a software product owner. I'm not even talking about as a developer now. Somebody who owns or launches or markets software. What are the uh, basic things that you need to succeed here? Sure. Um well it's a it's a very broad question. There's a lot, um, and but the, but then it's not difficult. It's just there's there's, a, there's um, a lot of things that you need to be conscious of. The first one is that when you first get started, making a software that is simple and solves one problem for people. Um, if you're creating a very complex software, it, it adds risk to the software itself. And it can also make it more difficult to communicate the benefits, the features and the benefits of that software to your prospective audience. The reason being that, you know, if you've got all these gadgets going around all the place, uh, all over the place, sometimes you can lose, um, you know, the, the problem that you're trying to actually solve. And, you know, the, the key to succeeding in selling software is solving a problem for someone and then communicating, you know, um, the, the, you know, how, how that person is going to, feel or how that person is going to be after using the software what what is it going to be like what what you know how how does it make things easier for someone and if you keep it simple when you're first starting out that's the best later on do some more advanced software but start off really basic with a a basic simple one number two what is the next thing number number two um you know in order to be successful with software, again, the, I guess you could say communicating the benefits of the software correctly. Uh, three, making sure that you have support in place and you have a plan after launch. Um, the biggest uh, the biggest mistake a lot of people make when they're first um, starting out selling software is not having a plan of what happens after launch. And that plan doesn't need to be, you know, it doesn't need to be in depth. It doesn't need to be detailed. All it really needs is, you know, what, what to have we completed what potentially could go wrong after launch. So we get 3,000 customers in. You might only be expecting to get 40 customers in for your first launch. But let's just say we get 3,000 customers in. Um, What are the potential uh, things that could go wrong if that happens? So support could be overloaded. Um, There might be bugs that start appearing. How are we going to fix those bugs? Having some laid out and clear plan after the launch is actually completed is very important. The next one is making sure that you're able to maintain service of that software. So a good server not launching on a shared server uh, this isn't such a problem now. It was a couple of years ago for some reason. Everyone decided it would be a great idea to start launching on shared servers. And as a result of that, a lot of software went down. Um, so make sure that you use a dedicated server. It's called a dedicated server. You can pick it up. You know, we use um, Liquid Web. Um, JVZoo Hosting uh, is, I think, coming out soon. I'm not even sure if I sh- I'm allowed to mention it yet, but hopefully I am. Um, I know that He's already there. He's already there. All right, good. Jamie's hosting's coming out, um, and uh, or it has been uh, released, and you know that that's going to offer some really good plans for launching and and launching software and and, you know products in general as well. Um, And then uh, you know when you're launching software, making sure that um, uh, I I guess the the main thing is that people know how to use it and it's easy as possible for people to use. And this comes into the development side of things when you're first starting out. Um, think about it, you know, how can we make the software so anyone could jump in there and use it without needing training? Uh, and that's usually the, you know, the easiest way to, to do a software. If the easier the software is, the, the better it's going to be for the user. Um, the next thing, you know, is making sure that the software looks really nice. If you've got a nice looking software, your chances of selling that software increase substantially. Uh, you know, if you've got, if, and, and that comes to the UI, it's called the user interface. So that's when you're creating the design of that for that software. Uh, you, you need a designer who actually understands design in that area. One of the things that we do recent or have been doing recently is using, um, cause I'm not very designing myself. I've been using, uh, Adobe XD. It's a new release, um, that basically specializes in user interfaces from Adobe. Really easy to use. You can, it's basically, it's easier than word. <laughs> you just, really? Yeah. You know, are you serious? Adobe yeah. what? What do you call it? Adobe what? what? Adobe XD. XD. Wow. I've never even yeah. heard of that. <laughs> no, no, most people haven't. And that's why they haven't marketed it very well. Um, or they haven't because it's in beta. But you can get access to it now and you can start creating really good UIs. Um, and I, I may, I'm capable of creating, you know, great looking interfaces <laughs> with this thing. 
And I, I basically pass that on to a designer who actually knows what they're doing after I've finished it. And they touch it up, they make it look a lot better. And then from there, we pass it on to a developer who actually just, you know, um, makes it come to life, um, connects all the pieces together. And, you know, it really helps to take that time early on to make sure that you've got a really nice looking design before you go in. And, and these things, you know, you don't need to rush them. There's no reason to rush them. Uh, make sure that it's right before you go live. Sometimes the hesitation is, well, I'm short on cash. I need to do this now. Um, if that's the case, you know, do, do spend as much time as you can just, just putting that preparation in place um, to, to do, to, to make sure it's going to look good instead of launching yeah. Yeah, you know, I can confirm that your the the reason why I buy all your software is they look sexy. It don't even yeah. matter if I never use them; they look good. I, yeah. I agree. That is a very big part in people making a decision to buy uh, anything you are selling. So, guys, you he's he's thrown it out of there. Seven of them. All right, I'm making notes. Don't worry, I'm going to summarize <laughs> later. I just want to make sure it gives us everything. Anything else to make me successful as a software guy? Um. I mean, uh, having given yourself a lot of time to get affiliates on board and connecting with affiliates is important. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making online is they actually get a software ready and then they don't go and give themselves enough time to reach out to JVs. And that's where it comes in where you have these great looking softwares that sometimes have like 40 or 50 sales on JVZoo because they haven't taken that time. They've just gone out and launched it, you know. They haven't taken that time to give themselves maybe two weeks to a month to connect with people. And the main thing with software with when it comes to getting people to promote it, when it comes to getting affiliates on board for it, is to get it in front of those affiliates and let them see the software itself. Most affiliates uh, are looking for products that really help their customer base, their subscribers. And um, they will jump on any software that really solves a problem that looks great. The difficulty when you're first starting out is actually getting JVs and affiliates to look at the software itself. And, you know, for me, and I know many others, if I, I check out every software that comes, uh, comes to me, the reason that is, is I've learned that if I don't do that, I miss out on really good promotions because a lot of the time the best softwares come from people who are un completely unknowns in the marketplace. Right. I don't know who they are. They, they bring out some software and it's amazing. You know, um, Peter Rozak is a great example of that. Peter Rozak, no one knew him at the time. And I always think about this example because I missed the promotion. Um, <laughs> the reason that I missed the promotion is I didn't take the time to check out his software because I didn't recognize the name at the time. I was, you know, I was in a position a few years ago where I was still learning and a couple of friends of mine, they did and they made a huge amount of money promoting that product. It's, you know, it's still uh, the top, if not the second top now. Videos is getting pretty close to it. Yes. Um, they're probably, they're probably already overtaken it actually. Is but, that video, um, is that the video uh, effects uh, you're talking about? What's I'm talking it? about uh, Video Maker FX, yeah. Yeah, Video so Maker FX, yes. Wow, yeah. that was it. That's an amazing software. Amazing and software. I, I missed it. Yeah, I missed you it. You didn't promote yeah. it? <laughs> no, no. I missed it. And I, I, I still remember it, you know. And it doesn't happen often. Yeah. Uh, and I try, you know, and that, that's a reminder that uh, for me and most most affiliates, really, mm. who are promoting these softwares over JVZoo to their customer base, that the, the, you know, newcomers to the marketplace can sometimes bring the newest ideas and the best, uh, the best looking interfaces. Uh, best looking software, softwares that really solve problems. And in Peter Rozak's case, he was completely new, but he came out with a really good solution. I believe he got some help. I believe Todd helped him with his marketing. Todd Gross helped him with his marketing a bit, but he came out with a software that was unlike anything at the time that had been seen over JVZoo. Mm -hmm. I missed it. So, um, and that's, that's, you know, so reach out to these JVs because they will look at it. I look at every single software that comes um, comes on that's launching that has a date that's actually launching um, and you know, even softwares that don't have a date I often check out as well because I'm interested uh, but yeah reach out to these people and let them have some time you know I'm busy it takes me a little bit of time to review these softwares but and it's the same with most affiliates give them at least a couple of weeks to get the software and if you need to send them a quick reminder they're all easily reachable um, through Facebook, Skype. You can go to munchai.com and um, search through who's been launching, get their contact information, become familiar with the community and who's doing what, and approach those people who you know are you know, uh, affiliates that could help promote your product. So Fantastic. give yourself some time to do that. Fantastic. That's like eight or nine secrets of the game. Now, um, next question. See, um, I myself, I'm involved in um, software um, marketing now. 
and I, I'm doing okay for a relatively newcomer. I'm, I'm, um, but while everybody seems to be succeeding, okay, uh, and I, I'm, I'm grateful to count myself as one of them, yet we have a lot of people come into the, into the space and fail. Uh, what would you say are the, the, the major things that make people fail in this space, despite the uh, almost a guaranteed success of a software launch? Mm. Um, I mean, it's a difficult one. I mean, uh, the, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily the uh, fault. It's more that, you know, a lot of people are hunting for the right information and for me, I just think, I think back to when I was getting started because I failed. I didn't tell you this, but I failed three times before I succeeded. Mm. Uh, I tried to get, you know, I, you know, I, I did have this, why did I get out of the stuff that I was doing in school? I'd made a hundred thousand dollars in e-commerce, right? Why did I quit? I quit that because I saw digital marketing required zero stock. I could sell digital products online, zero stock. And I saw a friend of mine actually succeed in online marketing. He was um, living in my parents' basement, a rental home. And he gave me all of the books that I needed, all of the books that he read. He gave me Butterfly Marketing. He gave me Yannick Silver's um, information. I had all this stuff. And why, why, I quit my e-commerce to do this. Why didn't I succeed in it? And I, re- I read through the books. And uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I think it's more that I didn't action it. And I think about the second time I tried to succeed online, I was, I, I, I was a bouncer at the time. I'd, I'd gone... I'd gone into bouncing right uh, at a club and I popped out my kneecap. So I was on, I was at home. I couldn't work as a fire technician during the day, which I'd been doing. And I was at home and I was learning about the stuff and I actually published my first few videos. And why did I fail again that time? I think the problem was that I didn't have, I didn't know the order of steps that I actually needed to take. I was doing things that were a few steps above where I should have been focusing and the first thing I should have been focusing on is creating a product or developing some sort of skill to actually create a product. When I actually succeeded, that is what I did. We, we, I basically created a solution that solved a problem. It was that you know, face, businesses didn't know how to get onto Facebook correctly. And I created a simple product that didn't show them how to make money or anything. I mean, technically it kind of did, I guess, but I had never made money. And I, I made that quite clear that, you know, all you need to do though with a business is set up a Facebook page. This is how you set up a good Facebook page. That's all it was. Mm. And I made $3,000 my first week selling that product. Um, and that, you know, and that solved their problem. So looking at forgetting it, like what I think people do is they jump forward because you know, you get so many emails coming into your inbox and you're hunting for new information. You're hunting for the solution and you have this idea from the different marketing that you're being, you know, uh, directed uh, with because there are a lot of people saying a lot of different things like any industry there's a lot of different voices and everyone's searching and hunting for this information that's what I was doing and I was getting caught up in that and I was unable to figure out what the first step that I needed to take and I was unable to action that step thinking about it now the first step was learning how to get a website domain learning how to get my website set up that was the first skill that I need to develop myself then from there looking at what was out there, what problems can I solve within this marketplace and becoming familiar with who is out there in the marketplace that would need problems solved. The people that have the most success solve the biggest problems. So, uh, you know, find that, figuring out, and it doesn't need to be something difficult. Now what I would do, because it's so much easier to do it now, I'd go to udemy.com. I would go and I would specialize in one thing that I really wanted to learn. And this is what I told, I, I told Josh Rado when he was first getting started. I, I told you know, Sam Robinson, when he was first started, focus on the skills that you can develop early on that would be useful to someone. Video marketing, for example, you know, you don't have to be an absolute expert in it, but if you can put together a sales video, that's more than 98% of people who are currently searching for different things. So you can teach that. That's a problem you can solve for people. Um, you know, the, there's, so, there's so many. You just go to udemy.com, search, learn something like I'm doing right now. I'm learning programming. How do my learning program on Udemy? Mm. Um, it's the, you know, and, and now I could sell a product on the very beginnings, the basics of programming. Uh, and that's usually the best way to start. I, I would say even for someone starting out, forget about software. It might be a bit complicated when you're first getting started. You know, it's a good thing to get when you've got money. Um, but start off with the basics, the very basics. There's a, a lot of people that are searching online for problems, including myself. I still search online today for problems. And if someone can provide a solution to that, then I will usually spend money with them. So figure out what problems you can solve and then you know, uh, fi- figure out 
yeah, and, and that's where people get stuck. They, and that's why I think I got stuck is that you're getting so many different things fed to you, so much different information. There's traffic, how to build traffic, how to build a Facebook page, how to do YouTube marketing. Um, this secret weapon for creating a page in five <laughs> seconds. You're getting caught up in these different things without thinking about the very beginning, which is, hey, um, you know, where does this all start? And as you mentioned at the beginning of this interview, the only way to make money is selling a product. And I would also say selling a service. That's the only way you're going to be able to make money. So it starts there, creating a product or creating a service that you can sell that solves a problem. And that's where people need to start. If they yeah. start there, you see a lot more people succeeding. Interesting. I, I, interesting you would say that because uh, when I started, I went through the same thing, like doing four steps ahead of what I should be doing, which is get the basics, get your website, get a, your button. So, guys, uh, I hope you guys are learning because I'm taking so many notes. That's why you guys don't see me interrupting as often as I used to do. My guys are used to be interrupted. The guy, this guy is dropping in. I want to learn too, guys. Yeah. So we're going to leave software aside for, 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 for a minute and probably use the rest of our time. I know you're very busy focusing on affiliate marketing, okay? Now, to say you are not a super affiliate will be like saying uh, Nebraska is cold in winter. I live in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> it is it's self-evident, okay? Uh, I mean, I will really appreciate it. Okay, if you can walk us through the simplified version, because I know you've got a very tough checklist, a simplified version of what you go through to crush affiliate marketing campaigns. I mean, you've basically crushed every marketing campaign you have seriously taken part in. And I know this yeah. firsthand because I mean, you crushed mine like there was no tomorrow. So what is the secret plan? What is the checklist you go through before we go to the secret? What is the basic practice? So, um, first of all, it starts off with you need to build a subscriber list, obviously. <laughs> that's where it starts. And that's where often people get caught up and they, and they, uh, you know, they, they're, uh, they, have, they have issues early on is, is actually building that subscriber list. There's many different ways of doing it. Um, the, for me, it was actually launching products. I generated most of the leads that I generated at the start from launching products. Um, and there's so many different opportunities now. You've got Facebook, you've got, you know, you can compete with large people like, you know, large affiliates because you've got these different medians now to go through. Uh, for me, when I first started product, started launching, um, I, I had this belief that all I needed to do, and I mentioned this before, is get people clicking on these links. So I'd come out with the most outrageous subject lines like, hey, have you met my girlfriend? Or, um, you know, open this, it'll self-destruct in 10 seconds. You know, <laughs> 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 I was like, and everyone's going to click on this, they're going to love it, and I'm going to see all of these clicks turning into sales. And I would wait and I would, I would think, oh, this is going to be great. And no, nothing would happen, you know. And I, anything, I would get more unsubscribes, a bunch of complaints coming in. I would have people saying, and, and that's the thing, like, uh, people can often tell when you're, uh, you're not, you know, you're not putting their interests first. And I was, and I, I read, I read my emails occasionally of what I was back then, what I was doing back then. And I, I identify some of the things that I was doing wrong. The whole thing was wrong. But one of the, one of the key things that I realized is that I was using I a lot. Hey, look, I, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you that. I just went down to the store. I did this. And I still see a lot of people doing this today. One of the biggest problems that people have is where they don't, you, and I do this a lot as well, and I catch myself doing it, and this is what I identified, that your customers, your subscribers, what they want is they want a solution that is going to get them to a better stage in their life. That's what they're looking for. Um, they have their own problems, and they need their own solutions. And when you talk to them as if they are, you know, as if you're talking to them individually, uh, that's where you're going to have the most success with your emails, because then you're thinking it from their perspective. So I would be telling people about how I went down to the store, I bought this and I had this idea that they, you know, might need this, this thing. But, um, you know, no, it's that where are that, what are they doing? What tasks are they doing on a daily basis? And thinking about that. So now I replace all the I's with you's. Hey, you can do this, you can do that. And I restructure my email based on the you, okay, the, the you, which is my um, subscriber. And it helps me to think about where they're at and what they might want. Um, that's the first thing that I do with all my emails. And it's probably the Excellent. biggest. Let, let's go back. Let's go back to where we are. First, we, we are going through the checklist of what it takes to succeed as an affiliate marketer. The first thing is you build a list. Guys, I hope you are making your note. Number two is you got to look at things from the perspective of your customer, right? You got you to talk more about you instead of about I. 
All right. Incidentally, Sam, I just got uh, um, uh, Cindy Donovan just corrected me about that today, about a copy uh, that we did uh, for this launch that is coming up of the magazine. She said, get out of that. Why are you talking to I here? People are not interested in that. They're interested in what, about themselves. Okay, so that's two. Go on. Sure. Then um, the the next thing that I identified is that people weren't interested in clicking. <laughs> you know, they don't. It's not about getting clicks. It's about building a relationship, and that starts with you understanding who your prospective subscriber or customer is. That relationship. Uh, you know, what are the, what is that person doing? And and it's uh, it's something that is you you can't until you really get into the mindset of your subscriber. Um, it's very difficult to develop that. So I read, I read cash advertising, for example. Um, there are a lot of different copywriters out there. Um, you know, uh, one of the uh, ones that I've just, I've, I've been reading a lot is, um, oh, I've forgotten his name. It starts with Dan. Uh, <laughs> Go on. I'll figure it out. It's, uh, it's over there. <laughs> uh, um, uh, basically, there's, uh, there's a lot of um, different things that you need to be aware of. But the main thing is, you know, what value are you providing? Because your income is based around the amount of value that you can provide to your audience. And the more value you can provide, the more your income will increase. It's the core part of this whole thing. Um, if you want to be successful in JVZoo, this is the first thing I was in. I was driving in a car one time and I remember thinking this. I thought, how can I, how can I improve my email marketing? And the, the one biggest thing that will improve your email marketing for your customers, your subscribers, is if you think, how do I offer more value to this person? How do I make it so they can't, the email drops in and they immediately want to open my email? How do I create that for them? And the way to do that is by providing value. So what kind of value can I provide in this marketplace of JVZoo? First of all, I understand there's a lot of competition out there. You're competing against usually 10, 15, even 20 different marketers, email marketers, affiliates within that one inbox. So you need to make sure that you're providing value. So it comes down to five, there's five key principles that I've um, really developed that, it, that, that I need in every promotion. And if I don't have these five things, then I will not send out a promotion. And these are rules and these are rules that I've gone by. Mm -hmm. So number one, the product needs to solve a problem for my audience. It needs to be a good, uh, you know, a good solution to that problem. And that's really important because it doesn't matter how many bonuses you throw at this thing. Uh, if you want to do this consistently and well, uh, you know, if the product isn't good, it doesn't matter. <laughs> your yeah. customers immediately first off, they're interested in the product. They're not interested in your bonuses. That's an afterthought. The first primary uh, thing that they're interested in is that. Then secondly, I need to create a review video. I need to demonstrate that I've actually checked this thing out because there's a lot of different voices out there that aren't, that are in the marketplace, but aren't actually uh, at the position in the position where they're trying these things out. They're just saying anything to get people to buy. And people are aware of that. Uh, you know, people are smart to that. And your subscribers are going to be smart to that as well. So uh, don't think that they're not smart to that. Assume that they are because you're probably smart to that. Um, so the second thing is review the video, demonstrate you've done it. And you can demonstrate it by doing a, ca a Camtasia recording, basically. You could use this zoom.us, I'm assuming, to do a, you know, a, a, a recording of it as well. Um, then number three, uh, you're going to want to add in some sort of bonuses or additional value. And the reason for that, and it wasn't the case before, but the reason for that is that we identify that there are competition, there is competition over JVZoo, that there are other people that are competing for your subscriber and your customer's attention. And the only way to grab their attention consistently is by overdoing it when it comes to value. If you're offering more value than the next person, your subscriber is always going to be attracted to you. And the thing is that, uh, you know, this is this is one of the, co the, the, key, the key parts of this is the fact that, um, if, 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 you're de if you're consistently delivering more value than the next person, then your subscriber notices that. And mm -hmm. they're always going to be a big fan of yours as long as you continue doing that. And that's, that's one of the biggest reasons that I was able to have so much success against in a, in a competitive marketplace like this. I identified that early and I over-delivered. I would always make sure that I over-delivered to my subscribers. And they then in return appreciated that. They bought off me more and I made more money as a result of that. The fourth is scarcity. 
People uh, will what not scarcity. Scarcity. Oh, scarcity. Okay. Scarcity, and it's you one of the reasons. You have an accent, right? Scarcity. Yes. <laughs> New Zealand accent. Yeah. Scarcity. <laughs> when I say that, people laugh. That I, I don't know. You got an accent, man. Okay. <laughs> scarcity. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, people people need some motivation to buy, and if you give them a great offer, sometimes it's not enough. Uh, so identifying what kinds of scarcity is available, you know, you can do this by communicating with the, the vendor, communicating with um, your subscriber, uh, you know, and, and making sure that the scarcity uh, is available um, within that launch. And that's usually something that will really help. Um, then the next from there is uh, I need to be able to lay out this, uh, what it is. Now, the, the email is basically, you know, the way you email is then the next most important thing about this process. Um, and there are other elements, but these are the most important five. What was that last one? I didn't get it. I got this scarcity. What was the fifth one now? Making, making sure that the email is written in such a way that um, people are encouraged to buy. So the, the you, using the you, you, you and making sure that you send out those emails. Also, you need to send out at least two emails because uh, the first email you send, um, or in my methodology, what I've been doing over the last few years is the first email that I send is to get someone ready for something. Sending an email out in advance is going to be really useful in a comp competitive marketplace because it gives you time to get your subscriber ready for when this product goes live. Um, so making sure that that is in place, that's ready to go. And then on live, you send out another email saying, Hey, it's live and having some additional, you know, scarcity in there and making sure that, um, you're as personal as possible. The email should be written from, uh, you know, it should be unique. Don't use swipes, uh, if you can help it because, uh, swipes are always different. They won't know who you are as a person. How can you connect with someone who just copies and pastes? Um, you know, emails from other people's JV pages and sends them out to your subscriber. It's probably the worst thing you could do to build a relationship with your list. Wow. Um, wow. And yeah, that's that's what it comes down to. Wow, this is uh, this is massive, guys. I got to go over the five baker rules of promotion. That's what I'm <laughs> calling that the five <laughs> baker rules of promotion. And this is life changing because a couple of the stuff you mentioned I never thought about seriously, and I thought I was doing a little bit okay. In uh, email marketing, now I know why uh, some baker can sell a thousand products of something that is not even his. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> number one, guys, I would love to repeat that because this is the meat of this whole interview. If you don't get anything else, if you get this, you're gonna be okay. Number one, you yeah, he said there are five things he looks for. If he doesn't find it, he's not gonna promote. Now I know why he never promoted a copy a couple of my products too. Because yeah. <laughs> number one, the product must be a good solution to your customers because your customers are the ones that put money in your pocket. You got to look out for them. Not the, you are not looking out for the product seller. You are looking out for your customers. So you must solve a problem. Baker rule number two, you got to create a review video. All right? Now, I know that a lot of them do, uh, a lot of these gurus do, uh, review videos, but I didn't know why they do it until he just explained now that the reason why you do it, number one, is to let your subscribers know that you have looked into this. So when you are telling them, go buy it, they can trust you because they, you've seen it yourself, all right? They want to see you demonstrate the product for them. Awesome. Number three, uh, uh, Baker Rule number three, add additional value to your clients, okay, to your customers. There's a bonus, something that gives them increased value beyond the product itself because that is what will make them love you. That's what will make them open your emails. That's what will make them buy from you. Baker rule number four, which is not, it's like call it 3A, okay? Is be consistently offering value, consistently be over-delivering because you can't just do it for one promotion and then go back to exploiting them is not going to last, which is probably what happened to me. I have to tell you about my own list, okay? Because I will do some really nice value sometimes. Then the next two months, I just do whatever I want. Then the list started dying on me. So you got to bring it. You got to bring it every day. That is 3A in terms of adding value. Number four, Baker rule number four for promotion. You got to have scarcity. You got to look at the angle of scarcity. People need a reason to buy. Now I see why uh, his assistant is always asking me about that. Every promotion I've done, 
um, I forgot her name. Now she always comes back oh, to yeah. me. Yeah, she yeah. said, where is the scarcity here? And I, at <laughs> one point, I was almost irritated. Now I get it, okay? The scarcity yeah. is what will make people click and ultimately buy. People will look for excuse to, to uh, defy the decision. But there's a scarcity involved, so you got to look at it. Okay, sometimes you create a scarcity for yourself, maybe through your bonuses or whatever. All right, Baker rule number five, make sure your emails are written by you. Do, don't ever use swipes because I never thought about that. I use swipes a lot, okay? And maybe that's why my open rates are poor. Maybe that's why nobody's buying from me, okay? Because remember, like he explained, and I'm expanding because as he's talking, I'm taking notes and I'm learning. And when we are done, I always watch the video myself at least one more time to learn for myself. I don't want to teach others to get to heaven and I don't make it to heaven, as a, according to my pastor. So as we are all learning here, okay, is it you write your emails yourself. You can get ideas from the swipe, but you want your emails unique. That is what will separate your voice. Because I noticed, like he rightly said, once a loan comes out, particularly if it's a good product like a JV Zoo Academy, it's like I got like maybe 50 emails a day from everybody, all right? And most of them are sending the same email. So obviously, I don't even get to open that. So it makes sense to have your own swipe so that that way you sound different. Those, those are the rules, five rules. And I'm going to practice this beginning from next week, Sam. I can guarantee you that. Okay, I just need direction, and I got it. Mm -hmm. Guys, if this is gold, all right? This is gold. This is gold. Those five rules are not necessarily very easy to do. I mean, doing a, a bonus may not be something you can get up and do immediately, but now you know what to learn. You know what to go do. Some of them are easy. Google and stop. We can talk about that later. All right, I got two more questions, and I really have to uh, let some go because we already have almost an hour, so we have like three questions, and we got to let him go, all right? Um, Okay, now, I know you have told us the, about the checklist of what to do for promotion, all right? But I've worked closely enough with you and with your assistants now who always follow up for you. I know that there, is, uh, there are extras that you guys do. Now, this is the segment where we ask for the secret weapon, Baker's secret weapons. You've told us, this thing you told us, uh, Todd Gross probably told us almost the same, but there are some things you do okay, that others are not doing out there. So we want to know, if you will please oblige us, what will you consider your secret weapon that makes you so hugely successful? Don't things that you do that others yeah. don't do. You may not want to share everything, but at least share some with us. We are dead. <laughs> you got to help us out here, okay? Um, yeah, no, it's, um, I'd probably say, I mean, obviously systems are important, having people around you that know what they're doing. And being able to train people, that's helped. For me, um, I think it's more knowing what's going on in the marketplace is where I've been able to gain an edge. And the strategy behind how to adjust when things change, um, when, you know, when other affiliate marketers do catch on to things that are happening, um, knowing how to adjust my promotion so my subscribers stay plugged in, uh, and also knowing, uh, being able to, um, uh, also on the, on the vendor side, being able to uh, make sure that, um, you know, my, my, my launches are consistent. My list is continuing to be built. Um, uh, that, that these are probably what, what comes down to that, you know, the market is constantly changing. And if you want to be at the cutting edge of it, you need to be plugged into what's happening and you need to be able to adjust to changes. For me, there's certain trends that come up and I, I, can, I can identify what those trends are early on and I can catch them. We've caught them uh, many times with software that we've launched, caught them with um, some of the stuff, the adjustments we've made based around our affiliate promotions. And I'd say, uh, you know, being plugged into the market and understanding where things are going is probably one of my strengths. I'm not sure how to teach that. The only way you can really develop it is by... You are the market leader. No, you, you don't know where the market is going, Sam. You just assume so. You are leading the market, okay? Everybody's looking at you. So <laughs> people are worried, what is Sam going to do? It's not about catching the market. It's about creating the market. And we grant you that. That's the, that's the, that's the position of a leader. But you've said several things that I like. You said having systems in place. See, this, that sounds like, like theory. When you say systems, what do you mean? Break it sure, down. Sure. 
Yeah, sure. So for, for us, um, I identified about, it was about two years ago, my wife and I, we weren't able to do what we were doing. We were doing everything ourselves. And this is why JVZoo Academy was actually created. We were going to originally call it something else. And we basically um, went on a mission to systematize everything that we did. So every task that we're doing in our business, we laid it out and we said, this is the task. These are the steps that have to happen for that task. And we put that away. This is the task. These are the steps that need to happen for this task. And then we got people around us, such as Nicole, um, who were able to take these systems and they immediately knew what they needed to do. So she's hassling you about scarcity. That's a system that we have in place. If you're not offering any, uh, if you're not, well, it's not that you're not offering. If you're not telling us what the scarcity is, when this thing's closing or what's happening, there's a system in place to hassle you about that before <laughs> before the launch goes live and Nicole is following this. I can tell you that. Nicole will come <laughs> at you. <laughs> yes. Okay. It gets more extreme as you go along. But um, yeah. we, we basically, we took every, every single uh, detail that goes into launching products, launching software, every single detail that goes into the affiliate side of our business. And we looked to systematize it to save us time because we, we were traveling. We've traveled to over 27 countries over the last couple of years. Um, and we've done this while maintaining a significant um, amount of income. Uh, and the only way we've been able to achieve that is by through these systems and passing them on to our people. And um, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to launch uh, JVZoo Academy is because these systems have been really useful for us. Are you saying yeah. these systems are inside the JVZoo Academy? I haven't looked at it. Is it, is it in there? These yeah, systems yeah. are there. Yeah, so I you... me the, the IS membership yeah. after this. I want uh, access, okay? Not yeah, a perfect so... one. I want it. Yeah. I'm going to send it. In the mastery package, yeah. So Are you going got... to give me that? I want it. <laughs> Come on. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's, um, it, uh, I mean, and, and that's what it is. It's every single task, every little step laid out step by step. And that's, and this goes back to why people fail when they're first getting started, why we actually created this is because it can be confusing. You could be on step five, but you really need to be at step three. Mm. Um, and you're trying to, you know, and the only reason you're, you know, what you're not connecting is the fact that you missed the step and you don't know about it because no one's told you about it. You're off doing all these other things, but you missed the step. And that's why you're. Oh my God. Oh, Hello? Hello? Oh, wow. What just happened?